0: It's nice to be back in Montana again. I come from Sutherland, Oregon, and so we came here to enjoy the rain that you have here right now. (laughs) This morning I'd like to begin with reading a verse from 2 Samuel, actually a couple verses, verse 18. And this is kind of just a, a way to introduce as I share for a few moments how the Lord has led in my life and my wife's life together in life, in marriage, home, and as well as he's seen fit to lead us in ministry. But as we read these words of King David here, 2 Samuel 7, 18, it says, Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and said, Who am I, O Lord God? And what is my house that you have brought me thus far? And yet this was a small thing in your eyes, O Lord God. You have spoken also of your servant's house for a great while to come. And this is instruction for mankind, O Lord God. And what more can David say to you? For you know your servant, O Lord. Because of your promise and according to your own heart, you have brought about all this greatness to make your servant know it. Therefore you are great, O Lord God, for there is none like you, and there is no God beside you, according to all that we have heard with our ears. A couple of months ago I was sitting up in Alaska at the Cochrane Hills Bible camp up on the Yukon River, and had gone up for a week to, to be the Bible speaker to. They call them the elementary, or we tend to call them the junior age kids. And I was there with my wife, and actually my son and his family were were there as well. And to, to minister in this way, and to be in a very unique place, out truly in the middle of nowhere, we had to fly in to get there, dropped us off. There's really no leaving, unless you've got a lot of gas for the boat. And as I sat there, these these words kind of came back to my mind. Here I sit, swatting a few mosquitoes, that there's there's lots of them there. But here I am at this point in my life, looking forward to coming before uh, about 40 kids. And these are kids from the villages there. They're largely native kids. Kids I've really never spoken to before. I've spoken to a lot of kids. But this is a little different cultural context than I was used to. But here I sit, and I was thankful that I could be there. I could be a part of that. It was fun. It was a huge adventure. But I believe I was there because of God's providence, God's direction, God's having His hand upon my life. And not being presumptuous to think that, Even as David was not presumptuous to think, wow, here I sit. And he realized, and the only reason I'm here is because of you, O Lord God. You're the great one. And you've brought me here. You've put me here in all of this splendor. And in fact, you've made some promises as even to the future concerning me and my house, my family, and what that will be. Again, my great journey began a few years ago. And I'm only going to go back to when I was eight years old. I was in my bedroom with my brother, and I was kind of caught in a difficult situation. Uh, We'll call it sin. And I told a lie. And as my brother talked with me, he brought out some important points. Rather than just turning me over to the authorities, which would be mom and dad, he talked to me about the need to ask God's forgiveness And to trust Christ as my Savior for the forgiveness of that sin. But Gil was also a sinner, my sinfulness. Now, I didn't fully appreciate all those truths at that point, but at that time I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I asked God to save me for Jesus' sake. And I was raised in a pastor's home, I'm a preacher's kid. And as I grew up, I was exposed to and enjoyed Sunday school, going to church, being a part of youth group, all of those things. And the wonderful thing about it, it brought some consistency to my life that otherwise was a little bit inconsistent. Since my dad was a preacher, we moved quite a bit. I went to four different schools all the way up through eighth grade. I went to four different high schools. And I managed to miss a lot of U.S. history. I'm kind of deficit there because it just never hit right because I moved so much. I never really missed the history that much at the time. But the Lord brought me up through this, grew up truly enjoying it, Thankfully, the Lord did move me at times. Otherwise, I could have gotten into a lot more trouble than I did. So I kind of kept ahead of it a little bit. We would move. And so we, as I grew up, eventually came to that point in high school, living in Clear Lake, California, up on the great big lake there in Lakeport. My dad was a pastor there. And thinking, what do I do now? I'm going to graduate from high school looked in my pockets, searched through my coat. There were no directions there. There was nothing to help me, tip me off and say, this is what God wants you to do. I had a few options. Being involved kind of vicariously in ministry all my life, it was like, oh, that's kind of a natural thing to do. And so our youth group went to one of these times when Bible colleges send their trios, their quartets, or their choirs, and everybody listens, and then their goal is they have a sign-up sheet at the back. Well, I had some goals. I'd been to a Bible college there in California, and I was pretty well settled on it, Western Baptist Bible College. And then all of a sudden, here's this college that comes from Portland, Oregon, and they had a fantastic trumpet trio. And so... Being as sensitive and, you know, going out, I just took one of their cards, filled it out and sent it in. All it took for me was a trumpet trio. As I look back, I think, you know, could have been a little more thoughtful about it. But, you know, this is where as we look back, we see how God works and how God guides. And we're thankful for it. Because it wasn't long I was accepted in Multnomah Bible College. And so my... Dad would pack up and take me there and leave me. And so for the next few years, I'd go to Bible college. And in the meantime, in our Bible college, we had a yearly track day. We would go all over Portland and knock on doors, pass out tracks, things of that nature. And so this track day, we'd been out passing out tracks. We came back. We're standing around waiting for lunch. And I was with a friend there. And this sweet, good-looking girl walked up to us. And we're thinking, never seen her on campus before. And so her name was Debbie, and she was looking for this girl, Pat Bow. Well, we didn't know Pat Bow either, but we said, we'll help you find her. And so eventually we did find her, actually. And so when we went into lunch, we all sat down together. Well, this girl, Pat, she was attending Bible school. She happened to live off campus. But as we conversed, I don't know, I thought, wow, she's a sweet, good-looking girl, too. And um, so in the next few weeks, we would stand in lunch line together. It wasn't long that we had a missionary conference, and during that time, some of those guys had the good idea that, you know, we would take somebody out. And so my roommate and I, we both had a gal we wanted to take out and use his Volkswagen to go. And so... I was gonna invite this girl, Pat. I couldn't find her. Looked and looked and looked, gave up. My friend invited a gal, Sally, she said no. (laughs) So we polished his Volkswagen anyway, just thinking something might happen. And so we're kind of running out of time and I was on my night off from work, went up to the missionary conference, sit down, waiting for the service to start. Who sits down next to me but this girl, Pat Bow? (laughs) And so I'm thinking, it's now or never, Gil. And so very quickly, ignoring whatever else was going on, I said, hey, do you want to go out? And she said, yes. And so eventually, a year and a half later, we were married. And we're still married, actually. So we're thankful for that, uh, despite me. So the Lord directed in something that, you know, as you anticipate the mate that's going to go with you through life. I mean, when you're at Bible school, don't you look at your options? I did, you know, but sometimes that's not helpful because, you know, you end up with maybe a couple options. Of course, after several no's, sometimes you're down to one option maybe. But to see how the Lord kind of intervened in my life, that was exciting to see how that connection was made. And so as graduated from Bible college, we got married and wasn't quite ready to go into ministry. In fact, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do in ministry. Again, there were options. I hate options at times. You know, I just wish there was that thing that says, do this, Gil, and I'll go do it. So we... I went on to two more years of college, and in the meantime, we started a family. But, you know, those two years were up soon, and once again, it's like, now what does the Lord want us to do? And once again, we went to a missionary conference, uh, this time looking around and see what the Lord might burden us with. We had heard a lot of things, seen a lot of things. And as we looked, we were actually looking for one particular group, which was child evangelism, something I was very interested in and had known my growing up years. Their people weren't there at their booth. So we went over this other one, which happened to be Village Missions. Never heard of them. I'd heard of rural missions, and so we took their literature, went home. And again, we thought, well, we prayed about it, filled it out, and somehow you're thinking there should be more to it, something grander, you know, that really go, okay, I know this is what we're supposed to do. We just took it one step at a time, filled it out, sent it in, and that summer we found ourselves sitting with this great Scottish preacher, Walter Duff, who was the director of Village Missions, and he was interviewing us. And even at that time I'm thinking, okay, you can still say no, Gil, you know, maybe this isn't where really the Lord wants you to be. But it was, it, otherwise, it seemed so simple. Everything was just moving along. I felt I was just in the river, you know, riding the current. And that September, in fact, we found ourselves down in a little town in central California called Santa Margarita. Isn't that a great name? I just love that name. I wished I was still there. Santa Margarita, California, and I went there as their pastor. Wow. Thankfully, it was only 25 people, so it was a little easy to move into. But this would be what would be the beginning of our ministry together as we would work and serve with Village Missions. But as we saw the Lord guiding in our lives like this, again, sometimes we just stood back and said, you know, we just have to wait and see where else the Lord leads us and how He leads and enjoy it. It is a huge adventure, to say the least. The people we met, the situations we worked with, dealt with, and the privilege we had of raising our family, in, a, in our case, pretty much a rural situation. And we would have four children in all. <clears throat> and to be able to see them grow up and thankfully trust Christ as their Savior too, often sharing in our ministry, it was hard to see them go when they took off. We were losing people who were some of our major help. But to enjoy that together and to see how God blessed, how God directed in these things. Sometimes people share, certainly from their perspective, how God directed. And for us as individuals, it's very different. Whether it's finding where we go for training, where we find our mate, how that comes together, it is exciting. If we wait on God and let Him open the doors before us. God would give us the opportunity then to minister in Santa Margarita. And we still have the opportunity to go back and see the gal who was our piano player. She's only 93 now. And she still, of course, our kids are all grown up. But to go back, and she still plays the piano actually quite well. She was a fantastic piano player. But she was the matriarch of the church. But to be able to share in that and what it brings to our lives, even now, and even as we reflect on what God has done and visiting, but then we find ourselves even where we are presently. And God is still taking us down that great river, and sometimes it turns into a bit of a river of doubt because we don't know what's ahead. Because sometimes it is fairly turbulent and we aren't quite sure where it's going to end up yet having that confidence that this course is God ordained and in that sense God has truly gone before us and so we're following that course and be able to to be able to trust him in that and so we find ourselves today yet sharing in our children's lives as they have their own families and they have their kids, and as some of them are plugging into their churches and have, and seeing how the Lord works in their lives, yet seeing how the Lord works in our lives. Because as we've been village missionaries, we were able to go to a place in McKenna, Washington, an old lumber town, and minister there. We went to Colorado and went up in the Continental Divide, a little place called Hot Sulphur Springs, and shared with people there. And then we were able to spend quite a bit of time back up in the San Juan Islands of Washington, there on Fidalgo Island, the Summit Park Bible Church. And to work with people, again, seeing our kids grow up through the schools and go out, leave home, And again, we have great relationship. In fact, the group we went to Alaska with here this summer, it really was the Alaska team from the church we used to serve 12 years ago, the Summit Park Bible Church. And so some of the kids who were now cabin counselors, one of the guys who was fueling the airplanes, these were little kids, you know, 12 years ago when we were at church. Now they're becoming mature adults to be able to rub shoulders with them in a very different way, to actually serve alongside them and to serve alongside our son and his kids, to be thankful how the Lord has blessed and how the Lord has directed. In a sense, that's, that's my story. It's also God's story. And like David said, you know, who am I that, wow? Well, I find myself sitting here And I think the same thing. Who am I that I find myself here today? Or sitting there in a cabin, getting ready to to teach the kids up along the Yukon River. Or even last night, who am I to drive up to Buffalo, Montana? Anybody know where Buffalo is? All right. Yeah, up Highway 191, a ghost town of sorts. (laughs) That's what they called it. Uh, and it kind of looked that way. But here's a group of people have a church. They're going to celebrate their 100th year that it was founded. It was founded by a great Methodist circuit a 100 years ago. They've got, in a sense, a great history too, but they don't have a spiritual leader. For at least the last 10 years, they have not had their own pastor. And they're hoping that Village Missions can help with that, and that's something we do. But here we sit down with these people, out in the middle of nowhere, and yet these people have a strong faith in Christ as their Savior. It was great to kind of hear their testimonies, and you think, who am I that I get to do something like this? What an adventure! I plowed mud with my car last night going down where they're working on the road. We almost got high-centered. It was fun. My wife was worried. I was a little worried too. But at the same time, to be able to be out there and you think, now this is really living because this is the life that doesn't end. It doesn't end. You can take it with you. And the thrill of it you know, a verse that has blessed me as I've preached on it, it's it's one that gets used so many times, and a good thing it has, but in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, we have an admonition here, as the author of Hebrews does, after talking about, you might say the significant life story of the patriarchs of the Old Testament. Really, their faith. We would also say the faithfulness of God in their lives. But he says, "'Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith.'" who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And this race, this course that God has given us, and our courses are similar, but yet they're very different. And you have the course that God's given you, and the course that God's given me. And the excitement, the great adventure is to run the course, run the rapids, and to be able to see how God blesses and works us for us in our lives. And we see that there is a comparison here, and I, I, I truly am humbled in awe by this comparison because we're told to, to look to our race before us and to run with endurance, be faithful to it, and, and move on through it and the comparison is to the Lord Jesus Christ, who, when He came, had a race before Him. And we would say, well, His race was all laid about back, back at the very beginning. Oh, and yours wasn't. It was laid out. And truly, His race, going to the cross, we would say in that way, much more significant than ours. Ours would be meaningless without His. But yet it is compared to that, that we are to run like Christ ran. He truly is our example in that way. And as he was faithful to move through, whether it's his virgin birth, whether it's his life, his death, his resurrection, all of those things, we have those times in our lives, those significant things, not quite the same for sure. But nonetheless, there's the comparison. And again, it almost seems to me to be presumptuous to be compared to Christ. But that's what we're told to do. That is the significance because it isn't just what we're doing, it's the course that God has given and is working in our lives. And He has called us to move through. And therefore, truly, the glory belongs back to Him again. But that's our excitement and what we look forward to. And for my wife and I, we are so thankful for his providence in our marriage and in the ministry he's seen fit to give us. And looking forward yet to what he he has for us in the days ahead. Let's pray together. Lord, I do thank you for what you've given to me, for your leading, your care. I look forward to, Lord, what you yet have in store. Even to that time, Lord, you see fit to take me to be in your presence. And Lord, I pray for each one of us as we sit, even today, in anticipation. Yes, anticipating lunch and the rest of the day. But Lord, that is a part of the larger part of where you're taking us. And Lord, you're taking each one of us here. And may we anticipate it with great joy. And Lord, may we move through that with, with endurance, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the, He is the finisher of our faith. We rest in that, we revel in it, Lord, for it's ours, it comes to us via your love, your mercy, and your grace. We thank you in our Savior's name, amen. It's great to be with you today.